giving Karen extra strength in her fingers. <laughs> but I thank you for the anointing, for your presence that's in the house. Lord, I know I often say, and probably jealously, that I love this house. I love the kingdom of God and I love what every pastor and leader and church is doing, but this is my favourite. <laughs> Completely unbiased. And he will lead us home. He will lead us home. That's not bad, hey? He will lead us home. When you're lost, he'll lead you home. When you're in despair, he'll lead you home. When there's nothing else left, he will lead you home. It's pretty good. Yeah? Why don't we put our hands together for young Karen? It's lovely. Just... is a sweet place, amen. <laughs> we should have done, who was that guy that was on the voice that can't sing but one? We're still working on my parenting skills. Um, but he, he records stuff and then he loops it and he plays it back. We should have recorded that and looped it and just had it playing while I spoke, you know. You would have walked away and thought, wow, what an awesome message. But it really is because you're a tran in a trance, you know. Um, I, I want to share some thoughts today that I've been having. And particularly in our house here at Mount Clear, we talk about the importance of the presence of God and resting in his presence and being in his presence. The importance of spending time with him, not just in the hurry of everyday life. Yeah, though that's how a lot of us do it because we are busy, yeah? And we often talk about the importance that if we can spend time with him and in his presence, that our relationships with him will truly be alive. And when they're truly alive, then we will experience and encounter him um, more than just the words on the paper, because this is the inspired word, and it's supposed to become the revealed and the living word. And if it's only ever the written word, then that's pretty dead, yeah? It's got to come alive. It should be revelation that jumps out. It should be experience that touches our hearts. It should be something that challenges us in our everyday walk when he speaks to us. And we should be having these experiences and these encounters. Not that we seek those. We seek him. Our focus is always him. But... We should be, we can be, having them not just daily, but moment by moment, yeah? I heard someone put it once, it's not so much about getting more of God, though we can get more of God if we think of the, the prayer of Jabez and we move the, the tent pegs of our hearts, but it's becoming more aware. And as we become more aware, we experience more and more, yeah? And I'm discovering that throughout this word... <laughs> He has so intricately and carefully woven a, a plan for us in here. You know, like little clues. It's like playing Cluedo, you know. You collect the clues and he takes you from one passage to the next and to the next. And then, oh, so that's what he means. And you go from the New Testament to the Old or the Old to the New. And you're running through the middle. And they're all, if, if we're hearing from him, we, we realize how they're, they're so connected, Yeah. So he, he's just been showing me stuff the last 
the last couple of weeks as I've been doing some different reading and I just wanted to share that what I for me is revelation for you it might be the same old same old so I'm going to put out my LMCT precursor apology if you lose me my apologies you can listen to the message again and try to work it out if you've heard it all before my apologies if it's brand new amen because it's stuff that God was sharing new things in the old yeah almost like a recipe you've always cooked something the same way the new tan grandmother comes along and she says that's really good but now add this and the finished product's like wow yeah god's like that we keep reading and reading and reading and then every once in a while the word just jumps out the same passage that you've always read it's always made sense but now all of a sudden there's this truth and revelation tied to it that's ready to change your life so let's see how we go we ready good amen father we ask you to bless your speaker in Jesus' name, he's been up since 4.30 with puppies being born. And uh, we, yeah, I know, you should feel sorry for me at this point. So, Father, we just pray. Yeah, I did go back to bed, Samuel, and that's enough from down the back. We pray, Lord, for the speaker's parenting skills. But more so, God, we just pray that you would have your way this day. Father, that all the words spoken would not just challenge us, but God would draw us closer to your heart would form us more into the image of your son Jesus with ever-increasing glory, that we would be a people that would become, Lord, not just the light on the, the, uh, the, light on the hill, but, Father, like a big floodlight at, at the MCG, that we would stand out because of you in our lives, because of discovering who we are because of whose we are. So, Lord God, we just pray that you would have your way today. And everybody said... Okay, let's go to an old scripture that you all know, Psalm 46.10. Psalm 46.10, and it reads, he says, Be still and know that I'm God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Is it fair to say that most Christians in general, yeah, in general, want to know Father God, want to know Papa, and want a deeper experience with him? That's a, a fair generalization, I would imagine, Yeah. We all want to see him exalted among the nations. We all want to see him exalted in the earth. We all want to see him high and lifted up. I believe that's totally true. I think that, again, sweeping generalisation, that for a lot of us Christians, and again, this just might be my struggle, what we struggle with is the first part of the psalm to be still. And we've heard messages, even in this church, on being still. And I think the struggle is not because we can't be still. <laughs> but I think it's more because we don't fully understand what Papa's saying. Yeah? We haven't fully unpacked. He hasn't quite revealed all of what he's saying. See, most of us do what we're good at. And most of us are really good at getting busy. We're good at saying yes. We're good at doing stuff. And if you're doing stuff, you do more stuff. And then you fall behind and you study at school and you struggle with work and you forgot about the sport and your kids are doing 25 and you're dropping stuff over there and something else is happening. And it's just, life is just busy. We're really good at doing what we're good at and that's getting busy. We're always moving forward. We're always doing more. We're always striving. We're always making an effort, you know. And in the midst of all that, we're trying to trust and to find God. 
But I, I don't think that's what life's meant to be like. And the, the answer for being still and knowing God is not simply stopping. Yeah, it's just not stopping. I wish it was that easy. Wouldn't that be cool? Just stop. Hey, I've got it for you. You're struggling to hear from God. That's easy. Just stop. Stop. Don't do anything else. Just stop, you know. Stop in the name of love. God's love, yeah? I didn't even practice it. That was good. I should have had it in my notes. It's not simply just stopping. And they won't leave me on the worship team. Can you believe it? Anyway, to understand what, what Papa's asking us, what he's even telling us in that psalm, then we need to start to look through the clues in other passages of Scripture. We need to find the goal, the trail that he's, he's left for us. Yeah. So Isaiah, I want to jump to Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. And Isaiah in chapter 30, verse 15, it says this. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. I want to focus on that part where it says in repentance and rest is your salvation because Father God's telling us clearly that our salvation is found in repentance. Now we're good with that, aren't we? We need to repent, call upon the name of the Lord, so that we will be saved. Amen? Yeah? So we know that repentance has got to do with salvation. We know that. But this is really clear. It's saying that repentance and rest. So this one here has just got me a little bit, you know, thinking. Not jaded, just thinking, pondering, asking. You know, we know the scriptures about repentance. We know the scriptures about repentance, but here we got this word rest. Here's the thing. I don't think we can properly look at the word rest until we fully, what I believe, correctly understand what salvation is. If repentance and rest, if our salvation is found in that, because that's where it is, in repentance and rest is your salvation, then we need to, I think we need to know what salvation is, Yeah? You know, what is this salvation? What are we saved from? And if we have the right perspective of salvation, I'm going to suggest that all other scriptures start to make sense. Yeah? So I know that we here often say that we're not saved from hell. Yes, I believe in hell. Yes, I believe in forever being separated from God. Is hell fire and brimstone? I don't know. Some scripture would suggest it is. Others would argue that it's not. But I certainly believe that there's a heaven and there's a hell. Because this can't, can't be heaven here. I know we bring the kingdom of God here, but with all the sickness, disease, even the stuff we prayed for this morning, if this is heaven, I'm really peeved at God. He didn't finish the product. Yeah? Is that fair? Because when we get to heaven, none of, that's, none of that's there. Sickness and all that, pain, anguish, despair, all, none of that's there. So if it exists here, this isn't quite the, you know, the kingdom of God here on earth, just quite yet. So I have no issue with saying there's a heaven and hell, but I'm not saved from hell. Because if I was saved from hell, that would suggest that I was made for hell. But I wasn't made for hell, I was made for relationship. And so what he saved me from was an eternity outside of that relationship. For me, that can be hell. To live without God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, 
that can be hell. If that means I'm burning, worms eating me up, so be it. But primarily, I'm saved to be, have my relationship with him restored. Yeah? We, for me, the, that context, how we look at that word salvation is really important because that determines the trajectory of everything else that you believe. Yeah? So my salvation is that now I'm in God's family. My, my salvation is now I'm a child of God. My salvation is that I know who I am, my true identity, my original design, seated in heavenly places with him. And in God restoring all of that and saving what was stolen from me, yeah, because of Adam and Eve, he took care of sin and he took care of hell. Yeah? He's love first, not punishment first. So I'm going to use that as my premise. For those that think I'm theologically incorrect, I'm happy to talk about a coffee to help you out to get you on the same page, right? Now, why is this important? Because we have to know what we were saved for. If our salvation is in repentance and rest, if that's where our salvation is, then this is going to help us understand the rest and the repentance, yeah? Hopefully I've not lost anyone yet. (laughs) So let's just jump back for a minute to Psalm 46.10. Now, be still and know that I am God. If my salvation is to restore what was lost, and that was my relationship with him, then when it says be still and know that I am God, I have no problem saying there's my salvation. It's to know God. Because in a relationship with someone, you get to know them. You can't know them outside of relationship. You and I were born to be in relationship with Father God. And now he's invited us back, adopted us into his family and restored our relationship. So he says, be still and know that I'm God. So when, we, when we're still, we will know that he's God. Yeah. And then Isaiah 30, 15 says, in repentance and rest is your salvation. So now that we are getting an idea of what we're saved for, we're saved for relationship, we're saved to know him. How do I know him? It's by being still, it's by resting. Yeah? Is that, have I drawn a, a clear enough line? Being still and rest are the same, they go hand in hand. So to be still is to rest and to rest is to be still, they lead us into knowing God which is our salvation, because that's the gift that I've received now that I've been restored back into the family. Now I can know God. Now I know his heart. Now I experience him and encounter him. Now I can walk with him and talk with him. Now I can do the things that were stolen from me earlier. Yeah? But then it leads us back to the same old question. Be still and know that I'm God. In repentance and rest is your salvation. What is rest and being still actually look like when it's not stopping that's a really good question andrew well we'll talk about that next week god bless no i'm joking so habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1 habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1 says i will stand at my watch and my watch and station myself on the ramparts i will look to see what he will say to me and what i answer i'm to give uh, what answer i'm to give to this complaint what does that mean that scripture i will stand at my watch and, and station myself on the ramparts this is what it means it means that habakkuk went to a place yeah he went to a place with a, the specific intention to speak and hear from father god that's what he did 
In fact, if you read Habakkuk in that chapter, there's four really clear points when it comes to hearing from God. But what he's done is he's gone to a place with a specific intention to speak and to hear from Papa. He positioned himself, yeah, to have a conversation with God. Is that fair? Yeah, positioned himself to have a conversation with God. This is where it starts to get really cool. Because, again, I'm going to suggest that we know that you can't get to know someone without talking to them. I can't know Grace if I don't talk to her. And if Grace doesn't talk to me, she, she won't get to know me. But as we converse with one another, we'll get to know one another. That's fair, yeah? In relationships, partners, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, all of that stuff. If you don't talk to your partner, you're not going to know them. You're not going to know the, really, the, the cool stuff on the inside. You won't know how much they love you, hate you, all that sort of jazz, yeah? Until you actually sit down and speak. So here's where it gets good. The word conversation comes from a, a Latin word, yeah? And the word is, it's like conversari, something like that. I, I, I'm not a Latin speaker, I can spell it, but I can't pronounce it, but it looks like conversari. You, want, you know what it means? It means to turn to. Conversari, yeah? The word that we get, from that word we get conversation, means to turn to. Face to face together. Face to face together. So Habakkuk went and positioned himself and he turned to God with the intention of hearing and speaking. So he positioned himself so he could speak to and hear from Father. He positioned himself for conversation. Is that cool? All right. This is, I'm all building towards what being still and resting actually looks like. Now watch this. In Exodus 33, um, verse 7 to 9. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent, which is really strange when it says that anyone inquiring of the Lord could go to their tent, but they just watched him, right? Verse 9, as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. So like Habakkuk, Moses now is going to a specific place with the intent to have a conversation, a conversari with God. So what does he do? He goes outside of the camp and he turns to, yeah? A face-to-face together. He positions himself to have a conversation with God. Moses turns to God and they spoke. And I, I love verse 9 because it says, When he turned to God, God turned to him and showed up because it says, The pillar of cloud would come down. So when he moved towards God, when he turned to God, God turned up. Now it makes sense when we read in James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Do you understand? You've got to see the little nuggets of gold that God puts all through the scriptures to help us to understand how he works and how we can build our relationship with him in a deeper intimacy than what some of us have at the moment. I want a deeper depth of relationship with God. I want to hear him clearer. I want to know him more. I want to experience him all the more, yeah? It's a conversation. It's a turning to. It's a face-to-face. Even the Son of God, even Jesus knew this. Luke 5.16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. What did he do? Just like Moses, he took himself outside of the camp to a specific place, 
with the intention of speaking to God, to have a conversari, to have a conversation, a turning to, a face-to-face. Papa met with Moses. Papa met with Jesus. Be still is to rest, and rest is to be still. It's positioning us in his presence for his presence, like we did this morning. So, Karen, your words this morning when you said, we're just going to rest here. We're not going to hurry out of this place. This is something new. We're going to stay here. That's a turning to. We're coming into the presence of God, a specific place with the intention where we're going to have a conversation. We're going to have a conversation with God. We're going to turn to him and we're going to speak to him. He's going to speak to us. Yeah? Where do we find his presence? We find his presence when we go to that specific place. Yeah? I know he's within us. I know he goes wherever we go. But when we go to that specific place with the intent, when we turn to, with the intent of having a conversation with God, you will find his presence. It's in that place that you'll have that conversation with him. It's where we turn to. So, again, the question, what does rest or being still look like? Now, (laughs) let's dig a little bit deeper. Yes, it is rest and being still. It's not stopping, but it's turning to, yeah? It's making a decision to position yourself where you can have a conversation with God. That's what being still and resting is. It's not just stopping, yeah? It's actually going out somewhere, outside of the camp, outside of your distractions, to position yourself to hear from God. But wait, there's more. The Hebrew, the Hebrew for be still, the word is, is rapha, it's, it's pronounced rafu, something like that. But it means to sink, to relax, to cease. It's a whole, there's a whole myriad of meanings to it. But in fact, be still translates to this, yeah? You want to know what it, what it takes for us to be still and know that he's God? Be still translates to this, translates to let go of your grip, yeah? Let go of your grip. And make yourself weak. That's what they suggest it translates to. Let go of your grip and make yourself weak. So if we're going to be still and know that he's God, we have to let go of our grip. So the question for us is, if we're going to move into this place where we can be still and know that he's God, what is it that you and I need to let go of our grip of? Yeah, think about it for a moment. What is it? Is it maybe the pain and anger from a time that we've been portrayed? What is it? Is it is it anxiety that we feel that we're filled with in our jobs or at schools when we're studying? What is it that we're holding on to that's stopping us from being still and knowing God? Because that goes hand in hand. In repentance and rest is our salvation. Being still is where we know God. And part of being still is letting go of something that you and I are holding on to with two hands. Maybe it's the bitterness we carry. You know what? Maybe it's the fact that we say yes to everything and we need to let go of that within us. Maybe it's disappointments. Maybe it's past failures. I don't know what it is for you. I know what it is for me, yeah? It's hard though. Remember the old saying, better the devil you know, yeah, than the devil you don't? Sometimes we don't want to let go of the stuff in our lives because when we do, what the flipping heck is going to happen? Yeah? But it's only then that we let go 
that we're in a place of complete trust that we can come to know God. And it's in repentance and rest, yeah, where our salvation is. What's our salvation? To know God for our relationship in Him, yeah? That's our salvation. It's letting go of our stuff, our agendas, our schedules. It's positioning ourselves away from all of that. It's pitching our tent outside of the camp. Yeah? And when you think about it, as I was this morning, and I, I added some thoughts in between, to, in between birthing puppies. Pitching our tent outside of the camps, sometimes we, we've allowed those camps in our lives. Yeah? We're supposed to be letting go of and going to and turning to. We're supposed to be going to have a conversation with God, a face-to-face together. Yet Moses gives us this example where he, he, he pitches the tent outside of the camp. And so what has set up camp in our lives? It's just a thought, yeah? What's actually set up camp in our lives that you and I have to get away from? Seriously, yeah? Stuff that we have to get away from so that we can actually be still and know so that we can fully experience true salvation, knowing Father God, knowing Him intimately, yeah? What have we allowed to set up camp that we need to get rid of? Either way, we need to position ourselves outside of the camp, yeah? We have to turn to. We have to let go of our grip for us to be still and know. And it's in that rest that we find our salvation. It's, it's the only place where we get to know him. It's where we're saved. In fact, it's where we come alive. We don't come alive until we know God, yeah? I know I know hundreds, hundreds of believers, I was one of them, yeah, that understood Jesus died on a cross but never understood the full extent of my salvation. So I was still a sinner saved by grace that kept coming back to the cross all the time. Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, and it's okay, we need to repent of things at times, yeah? But I never walked past it. I never got into where he was trying to drag me, into the heavenly realm, because my citizenship's not here anymore. Yeah, it's there. I'm an alien here. No wonder I'm struggling. No wonder I'm just snowed under. No wonder the joy of the Lord is no longer my strength, because I'm living in a world that I'm not even a citizen of. Yeah? It's supposed to be over here. We've got to let go of. We've got to move the tent outside of the camp so we can truly be still And rest, and in that, discover all of our salvation of knowing Him. I love what happens. Yeah, this is really cool. When we withdraw like Jesus and Moses, when we position ourselves and we come and be still, when we actually rest in that place of salvation of knowing God, the place where we not know him but really know him i'm talking really know him you know when you 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 know when you meet someone and they start sharing their faith and you're just like wow 
wow, that person, they've got a relationship with God. You ever met anyone like that? Like they really have experienced him? I love this because it says in Isaiah 30, 15, the second part of that scripture, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength. See, in that place of waiting on him like Habakkuk, that rest, that turning to, that conversation, there's a quietness. And it's in that quietness, yeah, and in that trust, because when you let go of, yeah, when you let go of, when you move yourself outside of the things that have camped in your life, when you let go of, there's a trust. And when we do that, when we move into that place of trust, it says that we're going to discover our strength. In quietness and trust is your strength. Why do we need strength? To help us continue the journey with him after we've let go and we've moved away from everything else that's camped in our lives that shouldn't have been there. It's like this sweet little circle, yeah? You want to get to know me? Awesome. Repentance. Repent. All right, God, I'm, not going, to li- I'm going to live with you forever. I'm not going to live the way I did. I'm going to do a complete turnaround, and I'm going to live for you. And then he says, okay, now rest. Be still and know that I'm God, because it's in that you're going to discover your full salvation. And you're like, but I don't want to let go. I've, hold- I've held on to these things forever. Some of this stuff's been camped in my life for as long as I can tell. I don't know how to live any other way. You know, like, if I let it go, then what happens? What happens if I let go of my anger? What happens if I let go of my depression or my my anxiety? What happens? I'm going to give you strength. In that place of quietness and trust, I'll give you strength. It's like he's saying, come on, you can do it. You can take that next step. Just let it go. Because as soon as you do it, I'm going to give you a strength. So you can. But there's that faith element. Isn't, don't you hate that with God? Come on. Like, do we have to use faith, God? Couldn't you just make it obvious? Couldn't it just be like, hey, it's done? Wave of, wave of a hand. I've said yes, thank you, Jesus. All fear and shame disappears. But it's in this place of trust, in that place of waiting on him like Habakkuk. It's there that we find our strength. See, the key to our walk with Father God is resting all the time in Him. It's the key. So when we're struggling in our faith, hear me, we're not resting. When we're struggling with our faith, not life, when we're struggling with our faith, we're not resting. Because repentance and rest, we find our salvation. When we're still, we know that he's God. So if we're struggling with knowing that he's God in that area or that thing in our life, we're not resting in him. We've not come to a place of trust. So we wonder why we don't have the strength to keep going. The key to... Our walk with Father God is resting in Him. The song that we were singing so fervently today because of the presence all over it was that He's our hope. He's our peace. He's our rest in the one that we love. Yeah? He will light the way. He will lead us home. That's the one. Why don't we stand? Do you mind, Karen? I think your fingers have rested now. Ollie, you can jump up there too.
See, for this, this makes a lot of sense to me now. And I'll just get you to strum away like you were for that. But Isaiah 40, verse 30 and 31 says, Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust, there it is again, in the Lord will find new strength. How do we know that we've trusted him when we've come to him and we've become still and we've let go of and we've positioned ourselves outside of the camp where we're in complete trust of the one God. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. See, waiting on the Lord and resting in his presence gives us strength. With every eye closed just for a moment, because I don't want anyone distracted. Don't worry about the person behind you, the person beside you. Don't worry about your partner. Here's a question just for us as individuals. Who needs strength this morning? Yeah? Like legitimately, who needs strength this morning? He gives us strength. And when we're waiting on the Lord and when we're resting in His presence, that gives us the strength we need to let go of everything that you and I know that we've still got a grip on. It's in that place that we can move away from the camp and pitch our tent and truly and honestly be still and know that He's God. You can't be still until you're ready to let some stuff go. And the good news for you and I, the truth is that we have to do very little to let go. (laughs) We just need to go to a specific place with the intention of positioning ourselves for a conversari, for a conversation, for a moment where we can turn to moment where we can have a face-to-face with Jesus. And right there and then, as we let go, He gives us all the strength that we need to face our tomorrow. He gives us all the peace that we need to face the next obstacle. And all of a sudden, our salvation becomes so real And the worth, His worth in our lives all of a sudden triples and quadruples in value because it's not just about, I'm sorry, God. It's about knowing Him. And then we can sing those words, can't we? Found our hope. We found our peace. We found our rest one who loves, yeah? He will light the way. He will lead us home. As we offer all, as we offer all to the one who saves. Samuel, can you put those words up, please? I'm going to open the altar again. (laughs) 
Why not? What have we got to lose? Come up, tell. <laughs>